did Greenhouse begin? First of all, <laughs> what, how, what is Greenhouse? My wife continually is asking me this question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is it? Even though I've had a brochure for so long. I mean, have some, some shepherd compassion. And, uh, 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 so, so, um, uh, and so one of a central way in prophetic is the prophetic is seeing a kingdom reality and expressing it. That's why prophetic writings, people are putting chronological dates all over the map. This kind of relates there, but it also relates here, and it also relates there. So at, in, nine, in 87, right before going to, into resurrection, there was a prophetic seeing. Now, that should, that's not to exalt a prophetic seer. It's to exalt it because prophetic seers are very aware, I'm certainly very aware, that I, my identity is a sinner who desperately needs Jesus. Not kind of needs Jesus, desperately needs Jesus. Absolutely desperate. You don't have to convince me that I'm a sinner. And whenever anybody tries to, I think, I could, I could point out even more ways that I'm a sinner than you know. <laughs> That's who I am. But I also believe in the Savior. I believe in salvation. And that's, it's the seeing of salvation. So who gets the glory is God. Who gets the honor is God. Our state, our sinners meeting a holy, everlasting God. So I want to say this because we are entering a new chapter and this new chapter will be both difficult and it'll also be glorious, yeah. but don't ever go into the temptation to think that you create the glory and that you have, are out strategizing the wits of, the, of, of, of this world. Really? You can't create any glory, but God gives us glory, and we enter glory. So in 1987, what I was seeing, I realized after going into Austin, I was seeing Austin. And so what was happening, let me describe that week, because I was there for much of it. Let's see, you know, Bishop Stewart was there. And this is a continuation of a kind of walk across the street meeting Pastor Wright. And uh, through Pastor Wright, met Pastor Keisha. So great to have Pastor Keisha here with us. And, uh, um, and I entered a different world, a world that I knew little about. I knew more about Hispanic ministry. I met my wife, Anne, in Costa Rica. I, but I went in to the African-American church world. And um, God did it. So anything that happens, we give glory to God because we follow him. And, uh, um, and there is an element of spontaneously following God when the, when the Holy Spirit calls That's us. Right. And we follow him. That's we right. walk with him. And the church can be adaptive. Amen. to those spontaneous expansions. And the church also can grow like a big oak tree and have deep roots and grow large works. And it's all for God's glory. And both are needed for the work of God. So as 
as we were walking on the streets of Austin, Pastor Wright, who I met through the Spirit, um, and we, we were, 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 he was at, in Oak Park, the Cornerstone, he then moved into Austin, he had on his, uh, his mind to do a revival during COVID, and Bishop Stewart and I, and this is, this is an application of this wonderful foundational teaching that, that Bishop Stewart gave, we knew enough to know that we were in a, we're in a moment here with COVID, George Floyd, and we talked, and Stuart initiated it as a talk and said, we've got to get ahead of this. We've got to be the church now. And so we were in total agreement. That's why we did Jesus, Justice, and, and Revival. Please watch that if you haven't. Uh, um, and, uh, um, and that's what, what bore that out, is we need God to be present. We also need... We need justice, God's justice, and we need revival, and let's be the church. And so as we were doing um, Jesus, justice, and revival, um, Bishop Stewart and I were there in, in Oak Park with Pastor Wright. Pastor Wright literally was looking into um, a, 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 a screen that was going to the Christ tabernacle world of people. And he was looking into another screen that was going into the whole media world of um, more of the of our diocese. And I and I knew exactly what was happening because I've seen Pastor Wright have this uh, I, iPad come up, and I, he was speaking to both groups simultaneously. And usually he's only speaking to one group or the other, because. We live in a world where the, the, the African-American church is separate in Austin, by and large, culturally, relationally, and then you have a more Caucasian, Oak Park, and these two worlds. But we had this moment where both worlds were being spoken to simultaneously. And at one point, and some of you may have actually been offended, Pastor Wright looked into the screen that went into the, to the black church world, and he said, he said to us, and he said, now, I'm doing this symbolically. I'm doing this, you know, it's not you personally, but you need to know, white church, the black church does not trust you. Now, he was doing that because he loves us. And he has compassion, and he wanted us. And, and I know everybody that was listening in the black church was saying, I can't believe Pastor Wright just said that. Because he's careful. He actually knows how to navigate these two worlds. But he said, I want you to know that. We don't trust you. He's talking about the heart. And I felt honored that he did that. I felt like he, he trusted us enough to say it to us. He also said something else. He said... Listen, guys, if you guys don't wake up with the stepping on George Floyd's neck and that cry, if that doesn't wake you up, what's going to wake you up? It's basically what he said. At that point, I know, because I've talked to people, there were people really offended in the white church. How? I, I'm not a racist. Are you saying that I'm a racist? And I, it was an emotional response. It wasn't, it's not right or wrong, it's just... Uh, and, uh, um, you know, and then also, like, I don't like it when people make generalizations like that. But he was speaking from the heart. And he was speaking about um, uh, waking up. And, and, and then he also said, remember in that video, please do see it if you haven't, 
he said this, we need Jesus. And Pastor Wright's main charism, he is an evangelist. He wants people to meet Jesus. We can't do anything without Jesus. And we need justice. Justice is a God word. It is the Bible's filled with justice, and we won't get to revival unless we have Jesus. And we have his justice leading us into revival. And I thought that was a beautiful way to say it. And it was, after, it was actually Pastor Keisha that put the revival on it for me. So Pastor Keisha, Pastor Wright and I had talked, but it was you that said Jesus, justice, and revival. I just want you to know, I know that. <laughs> and I want you to know we love you. And we're so thankful. And, uh, um, and so we were then sort of, th then Pastor Wright has this idea, let's do, let's do a revival meeting in, in Austin, let's invite everyone. So we had a number of people come from the cathedral, from the Cornerstone congregations, from all in, 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 in Chicago. And we had a really good turnout. We went out with groups of people. Um, Pastor Wright led the way. He was like the general on the ground. And he was in his element. And so he's, he's relatively new to the Christ Tabernacle. He um, is um, uh, helping everyone get oriented to going onto the streets. And then as, as we went out in groups of four people in, into the streets, something happened. And it's what I was seeing in 1987. It was this. Um, it was very human. And because some of the streets, it's, you know, it's just regular people. And some people, uh, you know, that you're passing, are normal, have, you know, just, just wonderful little family units. Other people are drinking too much. Other people are high. And it's, it's Austin. It's a, it's, a, it's a place that can have violence. And Christ Tabernacle is a church on, on the corner that had revival. And when Pastor Wright went in, it was, it was very few people, and now it's, it's gaining momentum. And, and Pastor Wright asked us to walk with him, and so there were groups of four. We were sent out going into the, the neighborhood, yeah. and, and as we went into the neighborhoods, we went with the Lord. So on one level, it all feels very human. You, know, you first start, it's a little frightening. <laughs> Is somebody going to beat you up? Is somebody, and then, and then after a while, it feels more and more normal. The first group I went with, I was the only white, white person, and there were th three people. Two, one uh, lady was really had a hard time walking, and I thought, why in the world is she doing this? Uh, she was awesome, but she was really slow. And uh, um, so we're going up to, to, to the neighborhood. I'm with another uh, Zida, who is a woman that I was with in, in Africa and Kenya. And she was telling me, Pastor, I'm so glad you're with us because I've never done anything like this. Mm. And, I, and, and I'm really scared. I said, Zida, you're like an extrovert. Why are you scared? I should be scared. <laughs> and uh, um, so then she's, she's going, oh, I'm so glad you're with me, Pastor. So I said, OK, well, I'm glad you're glad. And so we, we go up. And we go out into the streets. And some of the first people we met were Hispanic, mm -hmm. which surprised everybody on the team, because they thought it was all African-American. And, uh, um, and then 
of course, if you start speaking in Spanish with a group of Hispanics and you're me, I, I asked them if they want to help start a church. And they said yes. <laughs> okay? They said yes. So then the following days, I revisited those houses. They had a quinceañera. There's a regular Hispanic community there. And then Pastor Rice said, oh, yeah, yeah, they come here. It's a little safer for them in our community. It's interesting. It was, it was fascinating. So everywhere we go, first you're, you're, you're shocked. Then Keith Hartzell, who you're living with all the, all the big family, Right, he was there, and of course Keith is very bold. He was with Pastor Wright. That was my group. And he re he he rang like twenty doorbells at this house that was subdivided into all these people, and Pastor Wright was like shocked. He's ringing all the doorbells, and then the janitor came, and the janitor came down the steps and said, well, "What are you guys?" And then they started interacting, mm -hmm. and and the janitor they. The, 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 it, it, by the end of the conversation, the conversation was this. Do you want to meet Jesus? And do you want salvation? And he says, yes, I need salvation. I want Jesus. I want salvation. Salvation is a beautiful word. Salvation is what this is all about. People meeting God. And so at this moment, this man is praying for salvation. Why Pastor Wright was convinced that it actually took root is that two days later, uh, Keith was at another home, ringing doorbells. And at that home, uh, the woman came and she said, I know who you are. He said, you know who I am? No, you don't. Oh, no, I know who you are. You're the one who prayed with my husband, right? And then Keith said, yes, I did. She said, I don't, I, all I know is I want you to pray what you prayed for him. At that point, Pastor Wright is, 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 is realizing, wow, something happened to that man. This is a married couple. Right? So she knew something happened to her husband. And so it's only a married couple would. <laughs> and, um, and we prayed for her. They, she was prayed for. And so when we go on the streets, when we go out, we meet the presence of God. And when we meet the presence of God, things change. Yeah. And what, what happened, too, is that Austin, the streets that I've just always passed on, on uh, through a car, and, uh, um, is that people started to look like normal people. And, but yet we're in meeting normal people with an extraordinary God, and, and God is present. And then you're on mission, you start to get giddy. And I realize, friends, all of you crew friends, by the way, get to know all of our crew friends because they're our dearest friends. And you're used to, right? I don't have to convince you. You go on to a college campus, and you bring people, and people start meeting the Lord. Is there anything else like that in the word, world? Isn't that why you do this? Because you met Jesus this way. Is not that why? It's the same thing on the street in Austin. And I, it, it, it all clicked. And I said, you remember, I, I came to your team and I said, get 
get your team to tell my son that I'm I'm not too old. I could probably go on a cabbage with you. <laughs> and, uh, 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 did you convince him? No one's come up to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> too hard of an ass. Too big of an ass. Too big of an ass. Uh, uh, it clicked. It really did. It clicked. It clicked. Because I kept thinking, why are people, why are there people in a varsity, why are there people that actually love this? Yeah. It's because they, it's because of salvation. Amen. There's nothing like it in this world in salvation. Amen. Can we now start shouting salvation? Can we not embrace salvation? Some of you grew up in evangelical wars that you were got a little bit ashamed of salvation because it seemed like cheap grace. It seemed like it was all cheapened. It seemed like being born again was a concept that became corny. But I tell you, being born again in salvation, I grew up in a church where we didn't even talk about it. Okay? But it is the heart of everything that we're doing. Amen. Amen. And it's why it brings us life and joy. It brings us the kingdom of God. And so what's happening is we're on the streets. I realize this is like being in Africa with Zeta. You get a bonding. You know, when you go into another culture, sometimes you, you, you do things that you normally wouldn't do. And you, you, you're just a little freer because you don't have the same social restraints. I don't know. It's interesting. And I've seen it happen. And I've seen the bonding. I love to send people on short-term missionary because I know it's going to affect them. I don't know how effective sometimes they are where they're going, but I do know it's going to change them. And I love it when they come back because something happens in their soul. Well, it was similar. So Marilyn Brenner, you know Marilyn Brenner? Okay, I, Marilyn Brenner was there. And Marilyn Brenner, I remember she was the per kind of person that, you know, filling the little cups for communion, you know, how to do it, resurrection, the, the little trays and everything. Um, you all think that's standard Anglicanism. That was a big innovation. It was very difficult. So, so you're, there's a lot of things around you that you think is standard Anglicanism. Oh, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know thing coming once you start to go into the whole world. Not if you're in Africa or in Brazil. That's fine. Yeah, they feel like this is all home. But, but anyway, so so it was, so there's Marilyn. She's pouring, and, and and so Marilyn shows up for revival week. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I would have never chosen Marilyn Brenner to go on Revival Week, nor would I have chosen the woman that walked so slow in my group to go on Revival Week. And I'm looking around <laughs> thinking, these are odd people to choose for Revival Week. <laughs> no, seriously. I went, you know, the young, robust, and, you know, those are, you know, those people say, but you know what? God chooses people that we don't choose. And also, people are so so Marilyn Brenner. So we're out there, and what happens once you start doing this a bit, and you realize, oh, people are just responding to me as people. In fact, they're pretty receptive. Yeah. Most people are very receptive. More receptive than the verbs. More, more Yes, but we're going to the verbs, but we're going to take the city to the Amen. verbs. Amen. Because there's a receptivity, and and people there's a there's a yes, and it was powerful. So what happened to so here we are, there was this wonderful moment because Marilyn Brenner, I was then out on another day with her, and she's saying, William, I feel like Reaper Chief, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are Reaper Chief, right? Who knew that Marilyn Brenner was Reaper Chief on the streets of Austin? 
but she was alive. And, 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 and uh, one time I, I saw her and, and, and there was a car passing by and people were saying, oh yeah, come, because, because Pastor Wright at Revival, the, the three days for Revival, he had, 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 had big speakers on top of the, 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 the sanctuary blasting into the neighborhoods um, and Oak Park, five minutes away, we would have been arrested immediately, and, uh, um, but not there. And uh, so, so it's going into the, and, and so, and then inviting everyone. So, and then at the end of the times where people are getting soul food and invited to come, and there are people on porches listening. And uh, so we're by one car, and Reefa Chief, I mean, Marilyn Brenner, is shouting out, and come for the soul food at eight tonight. <laughs> and I'm thinking, where am I? Where am I? Where are we? What's going on? We're just beginning. But the Lord has seen it before us. That's why the prophetic is very helpful. Because it reminds us that he sees it before we see it. And we enter into his story. And, and the invitation is to participate in his story. So let me just quickly go through this really quickly. Um, and uh, I, and uh, you're going to get the Zoom uh, brochure that, that, that is an application of what uh, Bishop Stewart so brilliantly uh, put, put out. And, and that is this. As anchor, the first, the first page, we're going to go from the beginning now to the end. And we're going to do it super fast. Um, okay, so you have to remember this global Anglican church, 50, 60 million people that we're connected with. It went through, it's gone through revival. If you look on page two, you'll see we're, we're, we're used to, the, I grew up in the Episcopal Church, we're used to the shrinking, but at the same time the shrinking was going on in the West, it was going through revival in, in places like East Africa. This is East Africa and how it was growing into the millions. And these were 70 to 2010. And, um, and what happened in the Anglican world is that when we say the word parish in the West, we just we all think one, one, one church, one vestry. You say the word parish in Africa, East or West, you, you, you all think of it has multiple congregations. So, so things that we think are really strange, and could that be Anglican, uh, which makes me laugh, um, <laughs> is, um, is, uh, is normal. There are, in other words, you all that are part of parishes of multiple congregations that have lay pastors in, in throughout the world, they're called catechists. They're lay pastors or lay evangelists. That the majority of people that are part of the millions, yeah. that's how they do church. Every Sunday, okay? Be and there was revival that came in East and West Africa. That's why we have such had growth. And may this may revival come to, to North America. And God can bring revival to North America. Of course he can. Of course he can. And, uh, um, and so there were new wineskins that were raised up. So if you go to, to six, lay evangelists, ordained pastors, lay catechists, um, apostolic leaders, Missioners and also going into different, um, if you go to page seven, going into different contexts. And tomorrow I'm going to talk more 
and as far as the seven seas are contexts. Austin is a very specific context, for example, what we've been talking about. But so are college campuses. So are working with Aviva and, and his Hispanic ministry. So is working in, in, all, in a rural area. And so, by the way, well, this might be good for a city, right? You can do it because there's more content, more, more people, more groups. But you know where the African revival really started and took off was in rural areas. And believe me, the rural areas that you're, we're all connected with, there is a faith that can be ignited that will affect our cities. Amen. And, and we need the rural, we need the whole upper Midwest diocese yeah. activated in every nook and cranny in every way. And um, so what's happening in Chicago right now, and, and by the way, this has been an interesting journey. It's certainly not been a straight line. <laughs> I mean, there was a period I was in a bit of exile, don't you think? Uh, yeah. Wouldn't you use that word? Yeah. In a, um, in a, uh, Something interesting. Story. <laughs> right? yeah. in a, uh, but but the, there, are, there are now multiple parishes of multiple congregations. And this was the, this was the picture I would show people 30 years ago, mm. and people would go glossy-eyed. Because it was even hard to even begin to imagine it. But Tom O'Connor, stand up very quickly, can you? Or, or come up so I can get your mask off. You come up right here. Do you mind? I, I warned him. I usually don't warn people, but I do warn him. Uh, so go ahead. Okay, so, so, so Tom, super quickly, uh, where are you ministering? Uh, UIC and the Tri Taylor neighborhood of Chicago. Okay, so what are you doing? Uh, right now, what have you been asked to do? Um, so, Cornerstone, West Loop, which is one congregation. So that's one of the, the parishes of multiple congregations. He's talking about a congregation within a parish of multiple congregations. Mm -hmm. So because of the, the COVID season of um, having to gather in groups of less than 50, we have, uh, our congregation has become four communities. Four communities, um, yeah. For like Sunday worship. For Sunday, you have four Sunday worship. Yeah. So three of them are in person, meeting in parks, in different parks around the city, and one of them is virtual. Yeah. And is it kind of like a congregation? Yes. Oh. You put, so you've actually gone from, how many were you before? One. And you've gone from one to how many? Four. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Who's your spiritual authority? <laughs> My son. So you've been working this out with him? Really? Okay. And uh, um, so, so you, you've gone to, so, so, so what you're seeing right now is an adaptation in a moment that's very adaptive. And it's also going quickly into an adaptation of the, um, of the and it has spiritual authority with my son, Nate, who's a wonderful spiritual father in the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And he, um, and, and um, uh, so, so that's an example. What's your role? So I am, uh, I'm leading one of those uh, community gatherings. So you're kind of starting to function like a lay pastor, a lay catechist? In a small way. In a small way. <laughs> in a real way or a small way? <laughs> <laughs> What about so it's it's the multiplication 
of the church. So Tom is also being raised up as a leader, and then we grow leaders. But that's an application of the Pauline way. Yeah. And thank you, you did a great job. So um, I'll just leave this quickly. So there's movements. Movements are people groups. Uh, Hispanic, Caminemos Juntos, which would be an umbrella movement throughout all the Americas. Um, United Adorations, a movement within musicians and music and doing music. Equipped to Heal. Um, Jubilee is working with African Americans. A campus ministry, which CCI is part of. Walk Across the Street, Asian Ministries, Youth, because movements are reaching people groups, but at the heart of it, it leads to this because we're after a movement that's reaching the people around us and raising up the church. So the, 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 um, so one of the things that in Greenhouse we, we love to pray for is that we follow the Holy Spirit together for the spontaneous expansion of the church. So there's three aspects of what I explained. We're, we grow leaders, train leaders, multiply churches, and empower movements. And they're interrelated obviously to one another because it, it's what a missionary society does. So if you want to understand our structure, it, it, if you study crew structure, you will actually get a lot of insight into how it's, uh, it's, it's related. And for crew, you would just put campus, you put campus ministry. So uh, I did pretty good, right? Just a couple minutes.